Hello and welcome back to A Bit Spursy. My name's Barney and I'm here with my sidekick and best friend, Dan. Hello, Barney. <laughs> and we also have here our tactics guy who doesn't say anything on this podcast. It's Grangus. That's Grangus. Thank you, Grangus. Uh, Dan, how you going? <laughs> I told you I do it. I, I'm going to do a different one every time now. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm good. We should just clarify mm. if people don't know, like we've done podcasts with the guys from the extra itch. Like we yes. are friends yes. with them. It's it's very friendly. Yeah, yeah. This isn't a slam. It's an appreciation. Um, also, your impression there of Barty was unbelievable. Yeah, I tried to think, and I'm like, he usually just goes like, "Hello, Wendy," and then yeah, sort of leaves it at that. Yeah, just just if people have come in, they're like, "Whoa, shots fired!" <laughs> yeah. Like, no, we love we love it. So, yeah, I don't think Nathan's name should actually be Grangus. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, that's why our tactics guy is Grangus. Yeah, I'm down with yeah. that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In in the it was either last episode or the episode before Barney has um, said that you know we're on the hunt for a new intro. We're going to try some mm -hmm. things out. Uh, because, you know, there was a post that went up on Twitter about the best Spurs intros and uh, somehow a bit Spursy was not on that list. So yeah, we weren't there. Yeah. We're going to do everything we can until we get into that top five, even if that is just impersonating other shows. <laughs> I cut the fighting cock didn't make it on there either. And I think they have the best intro. So um, what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? Well, if there's a rabbit yeah. hole, we'll probably go down it. So yeah, 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 we will. Um, Dan, we won. We won a big, big slippery W. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to describe that game, actually. Yeah, slippery. <laughs> What's the? Yeah, but not a bad slippery. <laughs> no, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts first, Bunny, because you watched the game live, if I'm not mistaken, whereas I watched I it on delay. So how? Yeah. How did it feel? Um, I guess starting pre-game, how did you feel at 3.30am um, <laughs> getting ready to watch this? I tell you what, when at 3.30am I had thoughts like, why have I done this? Um, what is the purpose of me needing to watch this live? Um, oh, God, I'm looking at our team. Are they going to be um, cohesive today? Conte's not there. Um, I've made a huge mistake. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was, uh, quickly resolved by the way that the, the team started and obviously the goal, um, but we've been here before, but with scoring two goals, but this felt a lot more, uh, even at the time, like I was still very wary of us then shipping four goals, mm. but it felt a lot more solid, the performance than the one where we sort of lucked into two goals. It's, even though the goal came in a very similar way to one of the previous matches, one of the ones in the previous match. Um, yeah, it just felt like a much more solid, organized performance. Yeah, I agree with that. Like I was watching this and thinking, hey, we're actually playing all right here. And that was from pretty mm. early on in the game. Whereas in the, the, the away game, it was like, I wasn't <laughs> that as confident as that. It was like, oh, we're kind of getting through it, I guess, a little bit. Like, oh, we scored mm. two. Oh, okay. Um, you're right. It was like that kind of shock. Whereas even though the goal in this game did come off forcing a turnover by the absolute general ho, the once in a generation general ho, absolute monster, a generational player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
and it's so it's but but to me that was the result of just good pressing it wasn't the result of like we got a little bit lucky on a break or or something like that so yeah i agree like this game watching it it felt i was i felt pretty good and i felt pretty confident i think after the first like 20 minutes or so like there's still the threat mm-hmm. of like city will pull something out but i was never really really worried and i just thought you know it looks like our players uh they're definitely in this game, their energy levels are different. They're they're mm. getting around, and it, it looks like we're really, really gonna at least account for ourselves well. That was the surprising thing to me. The you know, as much as it's hard to tell at an eye level, you know, energy levels or sprinting, but I agree with you. It felt like I was like, oh my god, they're running <laughs> around like, and there were, and when they weren't, and they kind of stopped, it felt like a. Uh, there was a unity in in sitting behind the ball or slowing the game down. There wasn't this, like, some of us are slowing the game down, some of us aren't. Like, what's the, what's the sort of, what are we trying to do here? It felt very unified and organised. And, yeah, that, the, the pressing seemed more organised and also more energetic. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, and I noticed that um, General Ho, he was waving around, like, signalling when to press. I just noticed that mm. a few times and I'm sure like a whole bunch of players were doing it, but I just did see him in the middle. He's like flapping his arms going like, come on, yeah. get up, get up, look and looking right, left and, mm. and trying to do that. So yeah, it felt like, all right, if this is how we can play with this team for the rest of the season, um, in Conte's fashion, then great. Right. <laughs> I'm suddenly confident about top four again, but it's mm. just whether we get to the next game and then we kind of revert to one of the performances we've seen in previous weeks. Um, I just, yeah, I just wonder like if, how we're going to go with keeping this up and if we can, then I'm quite, quite happy to play like this. Yeah, me too. But it, it was a lot more uh, interesting to watch and believe it or not, like even, I can't remember who was commentating, but you know, them mentioning they were like, great football from Spurs there. I was like, what? <laughs> They're saying what about Tottenham? Yeah. Um, is this an AI-generated game that we're watching here? Yeah. Is this <laughs> FIFA? Like, is this FIFA commentary? Like, what's going on? Tip top Tottenham. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that's an old, if, if that's actually an old Spurs saying, but I've never heard anyone, any commentators since, you know, for since I've been following Spurs for 25 years, 20 years, whatever it is, I've never heard tip top Tottenham. Yeah. Neither have I. Apart from on FIFA. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Neither have I actually. Maybe they wanted like a, they're like, all right, guys, you've got to, uh, you've got to come up with some catchphrases for the game. That's what's going to really start mm. trending and, and get us there. So what do you have? And it's like, Oh, I don't know. Tip top Tottenham. Like perfect, absolutely brilliant. Let's just start every single time you play Spurs, you get that at kickoff. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we're trying to create like a meme, but not in the traditional, not in the sense of like a meme online, like an actual um, contagious mimetic idea. Yeah, <laughs> tip top Tottenham, and hasn't taken off so far. It hasn't really worked. Good luck to him. But yeah, I, I did think I, I did think the commentary was uh, a little bit more favourable than we've had in in previous weeks and. To the extent, too, that there were patches, especially in the first half, say, where City had the ball and they, like, were playing possession. But I was watching it and I was like, you know what? This is not, like, a fun possession-based game. If I was a City fan watching that game, I'm like, this is so boring. Like, 
they were just, they had possession like back in their half, like going mm. around. And I was just like, right, well, you can spend as long as you want, like just doing that. You've got to come at us eventually at some stage. And I don't think yeah. you're going to really break us down by doing this. Whereas, yeah. for example, when we played Arsenal, as much as I hate to say this, like when they got on the ball and they attacked and it was quick and it was like quite dynamic and it was like, oh crap, they're on the ball. Oh no, they're, they're going at us. So I was watching mm. this and I'm like, City, what are you doing? Like, are you so mm. caught up in this possession-based game that it's like you just, your autopilot is just doing that? And like, where are you going with any of this? Yeah, it felt like, um, remember under Pochettino when we would play teams, there was a period, it was either pre-peak or post-peak. We'd play teams that would park the bus and we would just pass the ball from side to side constantly because we didn't know we we had no way of sort of getting through it felt like that yeah and it it felt and maybe it will only be for this game but every time the ball would go into our box I was like we'll clear it and we did you know there was a couple of scary moments but most of the time it was like someone was in the right spot or someone had intercepted at the right moment someone made a really good tackle like um, it would be phenomenal if that was just our base. Yeah. It seemed very, um, very disciplined, I think in that sense. And I feel like, you know, if you play against say an Arsenal and you are sitting back deeper, they're just going to keep pressing higher and higher against you and just going to keep trying to, you know, have this like just un- unfaltering attack. But mm. City, it's almost like they were sitting back with their possession, hoping to draw us out to them. Because they're like, well, we need some space because that's, we need to, let's just sit back. They'll eventually get frustrated Spurs. They'll come, they'll press for the ball and then we try and play through them. But then mm. when they were actively doing that, like we are saying, we've just sit back calm and just like, all right, no, fine. We're, we've got this, we're, we're all in a zone here. And then when they did then end up <laughs> themselves getting frustrated and then going forward, there were a lot of just easy clearances. Yeah. I mean, for me, the one that sticks in my mind is they tried to play a counter and there was sort of an over the top ball and I don't know who was chasing it. Um, but Dyer got there first (laughs) and I was like, what the (laughs) hell is happening? Um, but it was, it was, it was just his positioning or maybe it was luck. Who knows? Um, but old diesel, he had it. Diesel had it. It's not positioning. So no, it is positioning. Mm. Never luck with old yeah. Diesel. It's all, nah. it's all premeditated. <laughs> the biggest head in football, the the mega mind. Yeah. <laughs> I also thought, I thought it, it, uh, and I was pleased to see it reflected in the player of the match, but Emerson Royale had a blinder. Oh yeah. That was, I started mm. really getting intrigued about that. Like there were two like personal battles that I was pretty intrigued about. Um, yeah. One was Harland and Romero, and then mm-hmm. the other one was you're going to be Grealish and Emerson, and how that was going to um, play out. Like Kane and say Kanji, for example, I was like, I don't know, Kane. Kane doesn't really seem to have personal battles against one player because he's moving mm. around so much, and like he doesn't really seem to to get into that unless the other team specifically put like a, I don't know, some DM on him the whole game, which they just can't. Um, but yeah, like seeing. Emerson actually deal pretty well with Grealish Mm. and like Grealish got through a couple of times, but that's expected. Like that's always going to happen. But there were so many moments where I was 
internally just so like I had this deep hope that like Emerson was not going to sort of stuff it up with a big mistake here. And then time, time again, he just would like, he'd make the tackle. He'd like, he seemed real, like really fired up for this battle. He was getting in Grealish's mm. face a bit as well. And mm. I was just like, oh my God, like, I love the fact that Emerson's having a really, really good game here. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. And the fact that you could see how frustrated Grealish was getting and the amount of complaining he was doing. And then at the end of the game, the amount of whinging that Pep was doing on the sidelines because of what Emerson was doing, where he was just doing that thing where he's just riding the line of, you know, whether he's going to get a foul and, and also playing Grealish so well in the way that he was being fouled by, like, I just thought it was such a clever performance. Um, yeah, I was so impressed. Oh, definitely. Um, it's so funny seeing Pep on the sidelines. Like when he gets, he is an absolute psychopath. Oh, he's a psychopath. And when he does that kind of, when he doesn't believe a decision has gone against him and he's got that smile and laugh, but his uh, rest of his body and arms are still doing the psychopathic, like violent movements. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's pretty scary to watch, but you see that like Emerson there <laughs> didn't, didn't bother him at all. Um, mm -mm. Just kept at it. And I think what was kind of interesting to see as well is like, now we've got Poro coming in. I'm glad that Poro didn't start because I thought that would have been just that would have been alarm bells like Poro up against mm. say Grealish first game prem. No, I don't like that. Um, mm. but seeing Emerson now it's like when he's got Kulisewski in front of him and Kulisewski can carry the ball and Emerson can kind of focus more on the defensive side. Great. Like he, he, he does a really good job there. And I just wonder if like, we're always kind of comparing like a Conte wants, you know, your full complete Hakimi like wingbacks because the last thing we're going off is at Inter where he played three in the middle and therefore the wingbacks were so much more crucial. But maybe he is wanting to play a slightly different system where he's more than happy for like Kulisevsky because Kulisevsky was going wide every time he was mm. sort of trying to get the ball. And so it's like, all right, maybe we are starting to develop some options that if we do have, say, Emerson and Kulisevsky, we know that Kulisevsky is going to be doing more of the carrying. But then, depending on what happens in games, we've got Poro to come in, who's going to be the more out-and-out -out attacker. So maybe that will start, uh, you know, allowing us to see a little bit more flexibility in the system, depending on what game it is. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. Um, I also, this was the uh, first game for a while that I noticed patterns, TM, mm. <laughs> where there were actual patterns being executed that you could see rather than, being like, was that, is that supposed to be an automation or not? Because I yeah. don't really know. <laughs> yeah, is that a, just a hoof forward? And then it's like, no, nah, that was an automate. Uh, that was a planned yeah. pattern. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We practiced that. Yeah. Did you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just because you practice it doesn't mean it's an automation. Like anyone could just do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're going to come at it with these conspiracy theories then. Fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We don't know All what right. automations are. <laughs> we've got no idea yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i agree like there was definitely signs of that and and i thought as well for the duration of the game like we could have scored two or three more and we yeah. had by far the better clear-cut chances like mm. the city's best chances maybe Mara's hitting the crossbar but then yep. apart from that i don't think they really had anything else of, of real significance Mm. Like I know that I think City had something like fifteen shots 
on target and we had 12 or maybe they had 15 shots total. We had 12 total and we had three on target. They had five. Like it was similar in that sense, but I really didn't feel that any of City's chances were, were even that close. So we had, according to Soccer Blog, one of the greatest resources one can look at on the internet. What should our brand name be for this uh, <laughs> for this endeavor that we're going to be launching? It's a blog and it's about soccer. Yeah. I think you've just said it. What? But reverse it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> soccer blog? <laughs> yes. This strikes me as a site which was bought in like 1995 when all these domain names were available. <laughs> and then or someone snapped it up and they're like, this is going to be huge. Like ESPN are one are going to buy, they're going to buy soccerblog.com from me. I'm going to be a millionaire. <laughs> and then they, it's 20 years later. They're like, I guess I should just put up some posts. <laughs> so we had 1.13 XG according to so uh, soccer blog um, to Man City's 0.88. Oh, there we go. Great. Mm. I love when an XG stat backs up our opinion. Oh, that's what I was, I wouldn't, I looked it up and if it didn't, I wouldn't have read it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best way to deal with evidence is like you only mm. choose the things that support what you're saying yeah, and just ignore exactly. everything else and hope people miss it. I wanted to ask you about, cause we've got slightly different, when I say slightly, I really do mean slightly different takes on um, Romero's first challenge and then the setting off. Mm. Um, you thought it was good fun and like excellent and great. And you seem to want him to do that from the first minute. Dan, please <laughs> explain. I feel like my words have been twisted here, but we, we can go <laughs> down this path. No, I was, so initially I just thought that was Romero going, Hey Harland, I'm, I'm on you this game. You are not going to get any mm. space. And I was like, yeah, I, I like that. Like, this is one of the big battles of the season, Haaland against Romero. Like, for, in, from a Spurs perspective. Like, I remember before the start of the season, it was like, oh, like, I'm looking forward to these sort of battles. Like, what's going to happen there? Mm. So to put, like, something a bit heavier on Haaland, which it's not like a possibly career-ending tackle. Like, there were no studs up. There were no. no that. I'm like, okay, yeah, great. Um, I'm I'm down for that, like, Romero is a guy who plays on the edge and I love that we have one player in the squad who is a nutter who does mm. that. Um, it was then pointed out after me as well that some people are saying, if you go back and look at the footage, Edison was so far out of position that people thought, oh, Romero saw that and was just like, this is like a 10% chance, but if I pull this off, it's probably going to result in a goal. Mm. And then he goes for it and he slightly misjudges it and that happens and we get a yellow. Mm -hmm. Either way, I like Romero playing on the edge and I think we always just have this tendency to try and just, you know, smooth out footballers and always talk about what they need to improve, what they need to improve. Like it was always like, Dombele's amazing on the ball, but he's got to get better at, at uh, tracking back. Well, like Delhi is really good at this, but he's so lazy. Mm. Um, but it's even like back in the day when Potch, he was like, you know, I like Delhi's got a bit of a nasty side. I'm not going to coach that out of him. Mm. So ultimately, like, I think Romero for how aggressive he plays, he's only got 12 yellow cards in 36 Premier League games, mm. which is still high for other players, but it's not as high as I was expecting. And I think he's only been sent off a few times in his career. So I think at least at the moment, like I would prefer for us to have this enforcer who is constantly playing on the edge 
And then if it starts becoming a problem where we he's doing it and getting sent off too often, then I really think it needs to be addressed. But I don't buy the arguments of people going like, well, what if he does this in a cup final and gets sent off? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. stop playing this what if, of, uh, what if, if da, 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 da. <laughs> what if he drives his car into the stadium and does a big burnout on the pitch? Yeah. <laughs> Then what do we do about his disciplinary record? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, the thing that's happened uh, in the last few games, commentary-wise, with Romero is when he's made a tackle like that. the The commentary has been like, oh, "I just think that is ridiculous and silly." He's miles away from goal, <laughs> and he shouldn't be flying in like that without going. Edison's massively out of position. He probably did that so that we could win the ball. Or he goes for it because he's trying to show Harlan that even if you're not near the goal or near our box, I'm still there. I'm on you. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm on you. Which you know are both good things. Um, I thought the. I mean, I love seeing Harlan get tackled, so I'm never going to complain about that. But for me, the second yellow was the one I was like, oh, because you know he he kind of leaves his leg, and whether he just kind of cooked it and had his positioning wrong. I mean, in his, he's like where his feet were placed and that happened or it was purposeful. And in that case, it's like, well, you're going to get the other card for that. Um, that was more frustrating to me. Um, but I think you're right about the, um, you know, he's, he's had so, a few yellows and he's never, it's never come to this, um, where he's ended up getting sent off. Um, it would be horrendous to stop him from playing how he's playing because of the risk. If it was, if it became like an absolute liability that that's going to happen, then of course, then it's an issue, but it hasn't been until now. Does that mean it's going to happen every game? Who knows? Probably not. Yeah. Uh, I saw something on, on Twitter. I'm not sure if you posted it or someone else did about the tackle and <laughs> some replied with like, well, it's nasty and Ledley never did it. Yeah. So I don't want, I don't want Romero to be a big bully. It's like, yeah, but Romero isn't Ledley King and Ledley King isn't Romero. So totally, you can't just, you know, it happens when you have fantastic players like Ledley King or like you just wait until Harry Kane retires and we'll get a, say we get, uh, say Charleston is our main striker and he's pretty good. He's not Harry Kane. He never will be. And all the comparisons will come back to Harry. He's not like Harry Kane. It's like, yeah, the top scorer for this club ever. Yeah, no, he's not. <laughs> or, <laughs> or the best center back we've ever had. Yeah. No, he's not. <laughs> or it's what people have constantly done about like Dembele. Yeah. Oh, he's and Dombele's come in, but he's not Dembele. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, no one has ever like <laughs> Dembele is that player who like. Everyone like, hey, hey, Kevin De Bruyne, who's the best player you've ever played with? Oh, it has to be Moussa Dembele. Like, everyone's like, oh, it's Moussa Dembele. He's like an absolute freak of nature and the stuff he does in training and stuff every day, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, mm. But yeah, it's like we can't just keep comparing back to this ideal player because, you know, there's like, we look at, say, someone like Ledley, right? Great. Had a lot of injury problems. Still was incredible in how he managed to sort of play through all that. But if you put Ledley in this team now, he's with the, with this fixture schedule, like he's playing maybe like 
one out of every three games, something like that. Mm. So mm. it's like we we can talk about the positives, and I know the whole injury thing was a, you know, it's not really a skill based issue, but I guess what I mean is that like it's just so dangerous. I think to nostalgically always go back to previous players, and it's just you know saying well, well they're not this player, and that's who I want to see there. That's who I want to see. And it's mm. like they're not, and like what evidence is there that they should go back and be that, like. Like Romero, mm. the guy's won the World Cup and the Cop America in the last two years. And he's got like player of the tournament, I think. Well, not players, but it's like team of the tournament for both of those. Yeah. Pretty sure he knows what he's doing. Like as in he's he's got some <laughs> attributes, which some could argue we've been severely lacking for a long time. Imagine if I said, hey, Dan, let's go down the park and do some 100 meter runs. And then you did a 100 meter run and I was like... Not quite Usain Bolt, though, is it? <laughs> like, it's like, well, no. No, it's not. And I was like, I just wish you were that. Yeah, I just wish you were. I wish you were Usain Bolt. And Usain Bolt at the absolute peak of his career as well. <laughs> not not either side of that. The absolute peak. Because I'm going to delete the rest of that. Yeah. Peak Usain yeah. Bolt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just feel it's like, it's it's also so surprising to me that we beat City um, and which is so good. It was such a nice result. Um, mm. And I, I don't think City were playing horribly either. Like I felt like we beat them because we outplayed them, which is the really, really mm. nice thing. But it's like, we do mm. that. And then the first thing to go is like, well, my problem is with the Romero tackle at 15 minutes and how then he got sent off later in the game. And I'm like, he won the game. So like part of what he did played into us beating City. Sure, there was a little bit, there was a little bit nervy at the end where you're like, all right, we're down a player, but Big Dave comes on and City didn't create anything. <laughs> so mm, like, mm. I don't get why it's like, why, why complain? Why just keep constantly complaining about absolutely everything to do with the club and the team and everything. It's like, we just beat Man City. And then I naively post on Twitter, like, oh, I love this tackle. Like, I love it. This, this, this. And then people are like, well, hang on. There's problems with all this. It's like, just enjoy the win. <laughs> I mean, you know, we've got to remember that one time I posted a joke about Danny Rose and someone attacked me for having an anti-Nazi profile picture. So. This is true. You know, <laughs> true. that's sort of the, that's the standard. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the one thing that sticks in my mind as a, it's not even a negative, it's just an observation is right at the end, Real won a free kick and then Lloris took the free kick and just completely oh, yeah. miskicked it. I was like, are you joking me? Yeah. Like, dude, what? And I feel so, and he was pretty, you know, he didn't do it. In fact, he did a couple of really good saves. Um, but yeah, every time he's involved, every time he kicks the ball, every time he does anything, I feel so nervous. Oh, I'm exactly the same with you. Like Lloris mm. reminds me of, how on FIFA they basically make every goalkeeper rubbish with the ball. And it's like, mm. if the ball goes back to keeper and a striker will close them down, they always give it away. <laughs> and it's like, mm. Lloris is the one keeper in real life who plays exactly like that. Where it's whenever yep. it's at his feet, you're like, Ugh! it's still really, really nervy. <laughs> um, yeah. The thing I found interesting about Lloris, and this is where I thought the commentator, I think it might've been Andy, Andy Townsend, when that challenge with Rodri. Yeah. What was that? And I'm like, Lloris clearly gets ball. And yeah. then for the commentator, it's like, well, it's, well it's, it's a close one, that one. I don't know if he even gets ball. And they show like four different angles. 
and it just keeps going like, oh, I don't know, bit lucky. Let's see what VAR say. It's pretty, it's like he clearly gets ball. And this is Rodri we're talking about who, do, do, do you just not recall the, the tackle that he put in on Davies where he drops the elbow into him, doesn't even mm. get a yellow card. And then it's mm. like, he drops down to the ground. He's looking around, bit of showmanship, fine. But like, <laughs> don't feel bad for Rodri here that it's like, oh, keepers are protected species. It's like Rodri's gone mm. in to take Larice out. Larice has got the ball away. Fine, mm. fine. Yeah, that was. I was so surprised. Like seeing it live, I was like, okay, well, that's obviously not a penalty. Larice has so obviously got the ball. And then hearing, yeah, I think it was Andy Townsend be like, oh, close one. Oh, that's not going to be so good. Oh, and then seeing the replay, well, you clearly see Larice connect with the ball and it deviate. But he never was like, oh, wait a minute. Now nah, Larice touches it. It was like. Got to see the AR. I was like, are you bored right now? <laughs> um, the other thing he did was um, there was a comment about some, uh, the other commentator made a comment about Pep being frustrated or Grealish being frustrated. And Andy Townsend said, <laughs> um, yes, well, we're all frustrated. It's been a frustrating game. I was like, I'm not. <laughs> are you meant to be neutral? Like, what are you doing? Hey, I'm having a great time right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. I thought like, okay, if, what would I be frustrated on? Like if anything, I was frustrated with the referee. I thought quite a few of the calls yeah. were a little bit weird when he chose mm -hmm. to let the game go. And then other times where he called the yellows, like I said, that, that Rodri tackle has to be a yellow when yeah. Benton Kerr gets a yellow for a less mm. impactful tackle. Yeah. Uh, it's like, those are the things that, but like it, overall it was fine. I think it kind of like leveled out a little bit. Mm, but early it was really. Earlier, I was like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. And then it, yeah, it did level out. But yeah, I agree. Totally. I think it's the one thing just to quickly go back to was what you mentioned with the Grealish incident with Romero. And it's like, yeah, I agree. That I think was, that was a mistake from Romero to put then his leg back out. Probably then in his mind, he's like, well, a 5% chance. I'll go for it. <laughs> and, then <he's>, yeah. <laughs> and then he's done. And it's like. Grealish plays for it. Grealish dives into him. Grealish actually like lands on Romero's foot. So I don't know how that, but it's, I'm not angry at Grealish for that. Cause I'm like, nah, Grealish has done well there to win that. And he knows Romero's on a yellow. He sucked him in and he's got him sent off. Like fine. Again, if that's mm. happening every single match, then there are some, there are some questions, but you know, Grealish, despite we call him a hack for going to Man City, like he's a pretty good player. <laughs> And yeah, and yeah. he, I think when he was at Villa, like he was even ahead of like Adama and Zaha for players who would get fouled in games. And it's not purely because teams will just hack him and then that's it. It's like, he is very good at kind of luring in those challenges um, and then getting cleaned up and his calves are just so ginormous that they just take the, they take the falls and it's fine. <laughs> yeah. It looks like he's got implants. It's unbelievable. Totally. Um, the other thing that I thought was, and I, this was before the game ended, so this may be incorrect, but there was right to what it was like late eightieth eighties, uh, time wise, and uh, Harland had not made a touch in the box, hadn't yeah. had one touch in the box, and what what was so frustrating for me was that. It was like, well, he's been marshaled. He's been marshaled well. I was like, there was a couple of weeks ago where Harry Kane, you know, had only had X amount of touches. And it was like, 
Harry Kane's only had this many touches and it's all his fault. <laughs> and this was like, well, ha- this isn't Harlan's fault. This is the fact that he's been, he's been marshaled well. It was like, well, okay then. So it's, what's the difference here? Like <laughs> totally, Harry Kane totally. can't be uh, shut down because he's so good that it, that's his fault or, or is Harland like, what, what's the deal there? Cause also I just love that he was just completely taken out of the game. Like he did nothing. Ah, <laughs> uh, definitely. Um, there was even one Spurs fan who on, on, on Twitter, when I put up that comment about Romero, cause I put him like, Oh, this, this definitely would have affected Harland somewhat. Um, mm. and then they were like, oh, I don't know about that. Harlan made some excellent runs in the game, but his, his teammates didn't find the passes. For, and I was like, are you a Spurs fan? Like, what's, what, what? are you talking about here? <laughs> and it's like, I also don't care if you, like, if you look at it and go, well, Harlan actually made a couple of good runs. It's like, it doesn't matter if, if the teammates didn't find him as all, well, like the runs at the end of the day, what, what, what do you get at the end? Like, oh, well, you made some good runs. Well done. It's like, you were still completely mm. out of the game. If you make a good run and you're marked or the ball is cut off, you shouldn't just go, oh, well, we've still got to give really, really good credit to those runs. Yeah. And the award for best runs winning the golden Reebok goes to <laughs> Holland. Like what? I love this idea that it's like Reebok head offices and they're like, well, we can't <laughs> afford to spend like money sponsoring the golden boot or the golden gloves, uh, <laughs> Ballon d'Or's out of it. Uh, anything, the Premier League title can't do that. Can't. We can't compete. We can't compete. What can we sponsor? <laughs> the golden runs. <laughs> also, it's funny to make like I can make good runs in a football match. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that A, I'm going to get the ball or B, when I get the ball, I'm going to do anything good with it. <laughs> like <laughs> Totally. And it's like, no, undoubtedly, Harlan is a very, very good player, but I still find it hilarious when people are commenting and they're like, Harlan is so much better than Harry Kane. Look how many goals he's scoring. Look how many goals. And it's like, yeah, he's mm. scoring a lot of goals. That's that's definitely it. Mm. But overall player, he's nowhere near Kane. And mm. like you see Kane, he, he gets 267 for Spurs now. He's got 200 Premier League goals. I love mm. that Kane now is like kind of, you know, getting involved in a little bit of shithousery on that. And he's posting up on his uh, social accounts mm. like, one season wonder, wink. Um, mm. and on his TikTok and everything. So like, that was such a huge thing. I'm so happy that that happened at home against city in, in something like this. And I don't know, it's really, really weird. Like, obviously there was a situation with Kane and city and, you know, a couple of seasons ago, but now it's like, Kane does look really happy. Um, I, mm. that doesn't mean that I, I, I don't know what that means for the future, but I feel like. I don't know, watching this game and, and seeing Harry score and break that record, I was kind of like, he's one of our own. Like it, it's, mm. I feel like that city incident has kind of dropped off for me anyway. Yeah. 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 It feels like it's been forgiven. Well, I feel personally like I've forgiven mm. it <laughs> and it seems like the general vibe is that it's kind of like, oh, well, I guess that would happen. You know, a player would do that. That's fine. Totally. Um, yeah, I I was shocked to see. I think Barty um, tweeted, uh, "Hoiberg was immense today. If he continues like this, I'll be a fanboy." Which he was. He was fantastic. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, so he's here. He's there. He's every fucking where. Hoiberg. Hoiberg. <laughs> yeah. If anyone hasn't watched Ted Lasso, they'll make no sense. But that's, <laughs> um, definitely, I haven't seen it. Oh, okay, there's a player there. Roy Kent is like the midfielder. Based on Roy Keane, mm. um, and that's his chant. 
Um, and yeah, Hoivier is great. Another great game. I had, there was someone who posted after 10 minutes or two, they were like, Hoivier is so blah, blah, blah. He's so crap, blah, blah. And then they also went after like Emerson and all that. And like, they were like really abusive in what they said. And then at the yeah. end of the game, they're like, oh yeah, you know, they played okay. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you can't go out and say all that stuff you said initially and then just come back and be like, yeah, you know what? They're okay. But, but I'm right because long-term he does this, 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 and this. That's, I don't understand. Like if, you know, we've all been guilty of jumping the gun and making a comment about a player who then goes on to have a fantastic game. But my reaction, and I'm, I know you are the same, when that happens is like, well, thank God I was wrong. Like, oh, that's yeah. great. They, we won. They did this. It was awesome. It's not like, well, I still need to be right about this. <laughs> like, why? Definitely. It reminds me of the game, Barney, that you and I watched with Dad, where it was, we were against yeah. Leeds. And I think Doherty and Sess were on the, on the, on the wings. And, it, yeah. and in the first 10 minutes, Dad, or 15 minutes, Dad was like, oh, these wingbacks are not playing well and don't know about this. And then they both assisted each other for goals. And then yeah. I think dad just smiled. He was like, well, I got that one wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, right. Yeah. Now, now, Barney, just, just to sort of, as we're to, to, to wrap up a little bit here, I'm sure we will discuss yep. in further detail on future episodes, but the news coming out about Man City and the Premier League, uh, like I said, the, I, I expect in the next like week or so, where there'll be at least a little bit more info on, on all of that, but. Um, how do you feel knowing that there's something like a hundred charges that the Premier League are taking to City, which is for over a decade's worth of infringements? Oh, I am, uh, as I said to you, without any context, because for some reason the photo wouldn't send of the screenshot of it having happened. Christmas just happened and I can't believe it's already <laughs> here again. Like, I could not be happier with that. Do I think that somehow they'll get out of it? Yes. Um, even though there's a hundred, yes, because City's uh, response was like, "We're shocked that this has come out. We're so surprised about this. We're, I mean, we'll, we'll work at the Premier League to uh, figure this. Oh God, I hope this didn't happen on our watch. I don't think it did though. <laughs> so okay, cool. So they're going to be painful. Yeah. Um, but I think the important thing to remember is that journalists and publications have jumped on the assumption or the very unlikely assumption that Manchester City will be kicked out of the Premier League. I do not think that will happen. There might be point deductions. There might be, um, you know, transfer bans. There might be this, that, and whatever. But for them to actually get booted would be huge. Yeah. And I don't think despite all the headlines I've had that in it, I don't think that's very likely. Yeah. See, I'm remained slightly more optimistic of that because like the, the extent of these charges and allegations is massive. Mm. And if you're the premier league and like, this is coming from the premier league actually charging city about this. So I think the premier league couldn't look at this and go, well, we better charge them and then we can give them a little slap on the wrist because then they will lose all respect and integrity if they don't follow up on, on anything here. So I think it'll be like probably a long battle on all this. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not jumping to the conclusion that like they're going to get kicked out of the league or anything like that. But I honestly think that they could be really, really seriously, um, harmed here. And I don't know what that actually looks like. Um, if that ends up meaning some sort of relegation, some sort of ban, some sort of whatever, obviously them getting kicked out is still on the table. Like 
10 years, like 10 years, like if you're the Premier League and you look at this and you go, okay, well, we got to charge them now. They've brought our league in a dispute for 10 years. They've won mm. multiple titles. They've actually effectively stolen money then from all these other teams because if they're cheating to get ahead, a team that finishes third versus a team that finishes fourth, fourth versus fifth, there's so much difference in terms of the income that a team would receive on that. So if there's 10 years worth of this, it's like the damage from the, the other clubs have been caused. The other 19 clubs, they're going to pipe up and they're going to be mm. like, hey, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this title we didn't win? What about this Champions mm. League we didn't qualify for, which would have been worth this much? So I honestly think this could really be a Pandora's box for City. I, and I am I am being optimistic here. I, I do understand that. But I think that unlike the UEFA one, which was just rubbish, that 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 charge and <laughs> how they just mm. folded, um, I honestly think that this, if one or two of these charges start to stick, then I think that it could turn into a huge avalanche. Mm -hmm. And I hope that it's a huge avalanche and they get booted to League Two. But <laughs> I, I think that because of uh, money being money and them having lots of it, that they won't. I think I don't think that it will be like the UEFA one where they just fold and go, oh, well, we don't know, actually. Um, you know, there'll be more more to it and there'll be more severe punishment. Um, but I, I guess my big question is why now? Like, did they just find the final piece and then they were like, we can get them? Or is there another reason for why they're timing this at this moment? I, I think I read something that it's like this was a four-year investigation that has finally come to it. And maybe it reminds, I think this was something that happened in the wire, like <laughs> not financial fair play. Um, but there was something where it's like a young detective who's like, let's just sting him. Let's just put this person away. It's like, no, 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 no. We're not working mm. on this. We're working on something far, far bigger than this. Mm. So my only thought can be the reason for the delay was that this was actually a multi-year investigation. And they were waiting till they could actually really bring some really, really, really solid charges against them. Because otherwise, like you said, like it wouldn't make any sense to just like, why now? Well, I mean, I, I think I, I agree with you and understand the, the, the four year investigation. They need to have really strong evidence, but I more mean it's four years. They've got all this evidence. Why have they chosen to press it? Like once they've done that, say it's always going to be a four year investigation. Mm. Why at this moment have they decided to charge them? Like what, what was, I want to know, and I don't know if we'll know an answer, but what was the uh, I get like, trigger point for being like, okay, we're going to do this now. Yeah. So not like why, not like why this moment in the context of the 10 years, but why this moment as in like right now at this point in the season, start of Feb. Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably because they just lost to us. Um, and that, that was the final domino. Yeah. Um, uh, and they were like, all right, well, the heroes on the pitch have beaten them and now it's time for us heroes <laughs> off the pitch. Yeah. We don't like the limelight that's going to Tottenham here. Let's. Yeah. Let's yeah. No, no. I think that's, that's actually really interesting that the point that you raised there of like, yeah, what was, what was the final straw that made them go, mm. right, we're pulling all the charges together here. Like, yeah. Cause there's gotta be something. And, and also whilst, whilst Chelsea have spent 600 million pounds in six months. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> I guess maybe in four years time, Chelsea will, uh, <laughs> be answering to chat. I don't know, yeah. but is it this, 
are they like, okay, Chelsea have just spent so much money. Uh, they've spent more than other entire leagues. So we've got the evidence here on City and we need to act on this now to try and curb any, like, because other clubs are going to start doing the, like, we signed him on a 10-year contract. Um, <laughs> we need to curb that right now by putting these charges out there and, and trying to scare other clubs into not sort of testing the legalities around um, financial fair play. Yeah, because you're right. Like, it could be around, because it's happened as the transfer window has closed after Chelsea has spent all this money. Mm. I think it would make sense that that has had some influence on it. And they're like, well, we can get City now. And then now we can start working on Chelsea. <laughs> yeah. But you're, you're right. It's like, it's just such a mess either way. And I'd say, hopefully, if the Chelsea spending has caused this to happen, that would then say to me that the Premier League maybe have realized that, okay, hang on. We were happy for these clubs to come in, these owners to come in and spend all this money and do that. But it is actually getting what we think now is out of hand. Mm. And we feel like the actual integrity of the league is at stake. Mm. So, all right, we need to start doing something. Yeah. I hope it's that. I really do. But who knows? Yeah. So not someone who's the head of the commission being kept up by a baby. And then the next morning they're like, fuck it. Get him. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I, I found yeah. just the last thing on this for now that was, there were some comments of people going, well, hang on, Zinchenko, Arteta, they were all at City during this period, so they must have known. <laughs> so Arsenal should also be punished for points. <laughs> and comically, I'd be like, yes, that's very funny. I'm on board. But if that was a serious mm. thing, I'd be like, that's just ridiculous. Imagine, imagine if it, they find out that the people behind it were Zinchenko and Arteta. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, the city are genuinely like, oh, my God, we've got no... Oh, God, we feel terrible at this. Yeah. And it's actually those two. Hey, <laughs> Barney, with our tinfoil hats, this makes sense. They were there. They left mm. the club. Arsenal yeah. now, Arsenal lose. See, this happens after Arsenal lose to Everton. Arsenal are cruising. Mm. Suddenly then Zinchenko and Arteta are like, hang on, we got to deliver the documents because City mm-hmm. could catch us now. Let's bring this down. Our 10-year scheme... For Arsenal to win the league. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. You are my brother, Zinchenko. Yeah. And together we go into this battle. <laughs> like, Whatever happens, we just do not turn on each other. Yeah, please. Yeah, I think that, look, that I'm happy with if we consider that to be the most logical explanation for now. Mm, mm. Yeah, let's roll with that. Let's roll with that. Um, should, we, should we wrap here and then do questions next pod? Yeah, I think so. I think this is a good yeah. place to to go. And then by next pod, we might have a bit more info on the city situation and, mm-hmm. um, and we can do some questions then. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. So if you do have questions that you want to ask, we're going to answer them next podcast. So please ask them. Yeah. Go for it. Um, as always, I've been Barney. I've been Dan. And thank you to, um, Grongus. Was that the name of the tactics guy? Grangus? Grangus. Grangus. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Grangus. Thank you, Grangus. Um, (laughs) See you next time and come on, you Spurs. You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms.